Welcome to the Big Black Clock. If you want to spend the next hour listening to some banter and perhaps accidentally learn something new, then you are in the right place. Now, let's see what the guys have to say. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Right, okay, okay, okay. So uh, I'll start with the wrist check. Do we want to say hello? No, no, you don't say hello? <coughs> is this, this is just like that? Uh... Hi. So I'll start with the wrist check. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, come on. Hi. You don't even laugh. Like, you go, oh, my God. And you, like... It's hard. It's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Hi, Carl. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Nice, nice. Long time no see. Uh, yeah. uh, I haven't seen you since the last episode, That's, which uh, we recorded, what, uh, 20 minutes ago? <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? Uh, watch endorsement by celebrities. Sounds like you're reading that. No. You have to make sure to follow your assignment. <laughs> it's, it's a long uh, sentence, so. Yeah. yeah. L- a lot of syllables. No H's. <laughs> no H's. Did you guys see this week? Except uh, the, watch, the word watch. Did you watch... Watch. Did you see Pride and Pit? Well, the guy uh, Nico do the F one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. This yes, week, yes, right yes. about the F one and their watches, right? Obviously, he, like he ended it with like Hublot. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's like Charlotte okay, like but they do it on purpose. Yeah, he's uh, he's a funny guy. I enjoy watching him. Aha, he's a uh, funny guy, and uh, I think it fits well with the episode that we're doing. We're talking about like celebrity endorsements, ambassadors, or whatever you want to call it. Very true, and I have one person that is a F one person. I know, and I was I was wondering. I was going to ask you: Is he officially? Is he an ambassador to them, or he was just wearing it because he was part of that racing team? Uh, I thought he was just wearing it because he was part of that racing. But team. But he was part of different teams. Yeah, but he was wearing it with the different <laughs> teams. I'm looking at I'm looking at Carl to confirm what I'm wearing. In Indy, I know he's in Indy Grand Prix now. I don't see him wearing a, an uh, RM in the Indy Grand Prix. That's why. I'm pretty sure he was an ambassador. I don't know. He's been. Uh, well, he's I'm counting been on you to tell me. That's why <laughs> I am going to look that up. <laughs> so he's an ambassador. Nobody d- fact check that, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just check. Uh, but anyway, I think that uh, was good. But I think we went also more in like it was not watch spotting, right? We weren't like, nah. oh, they got caught wearing that watch. Now see who got paid to wear those watches. <laughs> exactly. But and what? But also what? Uh, maybe a little bit more in depth of like why they're with that brand. And I, I kind of went into the the realm of picking. The celebrity, but I also went with picking uh, the brand itself and what they were doing. So um, that's how I, I kind of went about this. But before we get started, maybe we want to do a wrist check. Yeah. yeah. So uh, wrist cheese of the week. I'll start. <clears throat> My Tudor Pelagos, oh. the second best watch as per last week episode. <laughs> <laughs> best watch between the two watches. Exactly. So it's the last. <laughs> second best. <laughs> Don't worry, you finish second. It's like out of two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so second best watch of last week, um, Pelagos. It's still blue. It's still titanium. Um, I still love it, and I, I think, despite the devastating loss from last week, four six isn't too bad. Um, I was thinking about it during this week, and I think that um, if I I had to sell this one or just want to swap my uh, collection, the Marine Nationale could be. I know we talked about it last week, but I think could be a good. I think you should. Yeah, I actually think it's okay, going to be such I, a, a I don't think killer both, when it does. But I also want to wait to see what's the different color. If we, there's, there's a nothing stop you from asking Zach get yeah. it for me, I want to see it, and then he'll hold it for you. You'll see it, and then you make a call. Would you? And then you buy it, it and sell your pelagos. Would you regret it though? The fact that it doesn't would, would not be able to put in the bracelet. Because <laughs> I kind of like the switching between the bracelet and the the leather. Yeah. Or the NATO. You, you could find something. You could put leather. You can buy leather straps. The, for the it. thing is, it's um, like I am. Um, there are Swiss clips. They're called. Swiss clips. Is it because they're from Switzerland? No. No, because no. they clip. Yes. <laughs> we see this guy. <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> it has more recognizability. <laughs> like yes. that. Uh, oh, what do we land on? Nerling. No, right. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Oh, Neuralink, I didn't look it up. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, might be, it might be correct. Anyway, as you were saying. Um, so, yeah, that Narine Senal, I think it's... Um, it's a, I think it's an overall nice offering. Uh, uh, for me, it, right now, it's not, let's say, good enough to, for me to replace my quote-unquote older... It. Seen it. I know. Um, I love that it's Marie Nationale. It's specced for the Marie Nationale. Yeah. It is but so you, unique. Could you imagine that, like, with a green color? Can you, oh, my God. No, I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe because it's not the Marie Nationale collab. You know what I mean? Well, like the, the, fixed, Nationale, the fixed yeah. green, maybe. Right? But I still will go for the Marine Nationale. You know, we were saying it was overpriced. That came up. I was like, you know what? I don't think it is. Name me a collaboration. Can you name me a collaboration that looks that good? That looks that sleek? That's that's with a high-end watch brand? Like a nice collab like that? I don't think mm-hmm. there is. What's the last, what's the last Mickey Mouse collab? with Joe Agenda? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was nice. But like, think about like, Maybe your SSC Bloodhound, but that's still not a collab. It was like, oh, it's inspired by, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm thinking of like collab, like proper collab. Like maybe, wait, IWC, I love that Mojave Desert, like Top yeah. Gun, fucking big pilot. That thing looks fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> like that's such a fuck you watch if there's anything. Yeah, for sure. And that sandy thing. Oh man, that looks good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Mega Nationale is um, etching. Fucking that, nice. That's the word I'll Fucking say. Fucking nice. Itching. It's nice. And I, when uh, they stop really making like it. Oh, but, when they stop yeah, making it, it. Is it like... Um, it's not going to be limited edition in any way, right? It's, it's like the be current li- pillar no, guns, right? Li- limited in terms of like... what? It's not when they run out. Because that's what I mean by limited edition. But that's not going to be around forever. Look, Tudor is always knocked for looking like Rolex. Now you get a Tudor that doesn't look like Rolex, that has fixed lugs, that's with the Marine Nationale, that has a, a bi-directional retrograde bezel. It's nothing, It's furthest thing from a Rolex. Mm. And in fact, I don't even, it could have been something other than the Pelagos. Get a Seiko if you want it furthest from the Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could have been, mm. it could have been its own line. It didn't yeah. have to be the Pelagos, right? I, I, it could have called the whatever. I'll, I'll buy the FXD and I'll go to our, our, our watchmaker and make it swap the bezels. Uh-oh. <laughs> the bezel. <laughs> you know, I may grow on you very fast. Yes. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was thinking of Sally. I was like, yeah, I'll sell my dogs and then get that fixed. <laughs> I'll sell my kid. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Bye. at least blanc pain prices. Bye. <laughs> it was okay. nice. Already, uh, at least you know the pricing. <laughs> at least I know the price, yeah. There's a range? <laughs> you guys are getting paid? <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, what are you wearing this week, um, you? I'm wearing the Seiko 6139-6010. It's a Bingo. very early 70s a Seiko Speed Timer. This is the blue dial variant, also known as the Bruce Lee. Why? Because uh, he was wearing a black one. Because uh, some other Chinese guy was wearing it. <laughs> uh, but this Jackie one has Chan? the 70 meter re- uh, resistant uh, proof. You can find it on Instagram. I posted a couple of pictures of it. I put it on this nice vintage um, style uh, leather strap. Tough with these um, watches, 19 millimeters lugs. But if you go to Holbins, uh, have you been checking? They have some, they have all this, the widths, right? So if you want 17, the, width. the They don't have many 17s though. Like no, because no one has 70s. That's very well, odd. my girlfriend's Gucci watch does. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's not a watch. It's yeah, a I think it's pronounced like, Gucci. Yeah. Funny enough, I, I was like, it looks quite old. I was like, yeah, my mom got it when she was like 30. Her mom is oh. like 70. And I was like, okay. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But it has a value. Look, I mean, sentimental value for sure. But yeah, not. but I, I found some uh, for sale. And right now they go between like 500 to 1,000. Okay. Is that a, does it have a good mechanism in there? 
Yeah, but if it's a for it's a, a box of like forty of them, <laughs> that's, a, that's the condition. They, they sell them by the weight. Yeah, it, it also comes with like comes inside of like a, a Kinder Surprise egg. Yeah, you get a, a crock pot with it. <laughs> Just it's a package deal. It comes with an oyster blender. <laughs> An oyster blender, uh, yeah. Three speeds. <laughs> Crush ice, mix, puree. Speed number one, two, <laughs> and three. And three. And like fast, real fast, and goddamn. Goddamn. Anywho. This three speed is here, Darren, gone. Yeah. <laughs> this one is, um, I really like this speed timer. I also have the Pogue, um, but it's a little bit smaller than the Pogue. It's a little bit more subdued. Great vintage watch, and one of the, my favorites that I, I, I tend to I gravitate I love this towards. watch. I think it's more versatile than the Pogue. I oh, mean, much a bit more, because yeah. of the color. Yeah. But uh, because it's a bit smaller yeah. than the Pogue, it's also like a lot easier to dress. Well, same size, it just doesn't have bezel, Dress right? up and down. No, it's a little bit smaller. Oh, okay. It's yeah, smaller, yeah, yeah. The other okay. one's like 41 and some. This is a little, This is like, beautiful. I more. love this watch. Yeah, really nice uh, yeah. watch, yeah. And so it's I just got back from Connection servicing. to Bruce Lee. Connection to Bruce Lee. Very cool watch. Anyway. That's what I'm wearing. What are you wearing, Dimitri? Uh, I'm wearing my uh, Laco Ulm, the pilot watch that I bought like a couple months ago. <laughs> Is it a ULM or Ulm? Ulm. ULM. With an umlaut. Come on, no. Why? It's a, we, don't, we don't pronounce it's Pelagos P-E-L-A-G-O-S. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a whole world when it's only three letters. Why? C-W-C. How do you pronounce that? How do you say Carl? It's just four letters. K-A-R-L. <laughs> okay, go, go on. <laughs> Go on with your <laughs> um, I I put it on a on a Stoa leather strap. Actually, honestly, because because uh, the standard strap that it comes on the Laco strap is not necessarily very good quality. It's a bit lighter. Well, that's where they make the concession, yeah. right? But the yeah, that's a nice strap like, on it. And and the the additional leg. heft to the watch just makes it feel like that much better. Mm-hmm. And the strap is obviously a lot nicer. Uh, really, really love this watch. I wear it a lot, and uh, I think this is that was a good purchase. And very happy with it. I've always wanted to scratch that itch, getting a, a pilot's watch. Um, not can't really buy the IWC right now. Sorry, it is Ulm. It is Ulm. Damn course. it! But you want to know why? It's because if you notice, and this is for everyone out there, and we should have clicked earlier. All of Laco's watches are always based on city names. Ha! Huh. The the face. Valencia. The um, the lack of worst in <laughs> You owe me a kidney. <laughs> yeah, but all of these different. Oh, <laughs> they also have the the um, the lack of um, and then they have the other version. The Haven. Remember, remember the, the last time we were talking about it. C-O-C-K. Yeah. Evan. Yeah, the Cuxhaven. Yeah, that's another city in Germany. So you're not even listening. You're just like Cux. You have. He just makes noises. No, no, Haven. Yes. But yeah, all their cities are based on city names. So for anyone from Ulm, we apologize. Very, uh, very, very sorry. <laughs> You're a beautiful country, beautiful city. Um, and uh, Carl, uh, you uh, can, Carl, uh, you if he ever comes to your, cousin, to your city, uh, <laughs> you guys can uh, correct him and show him a, a good time around Bavaria. Uh, no, I'm going to go there and like, you dense people. It's pretty, well, um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty small. Uh, it's yeah. 125,000 people. But it's an. I can take on those. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Touch one and then he gets knocked out immediately. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Uh, really enjoying this watch. Honestly, a perfect purchase. I wanted to have a pilot's watch, but I didn't want to get like the proper 45 millimeter size one. This was like a more subdued dressed. I always wanted to get the well. I, I call them onion crown, but this is a diamond crown, really, right? Yeah. Uh, really love that, and I love the I love the 6498 movement in there. Even though it's loud, I have to make sure that when I sleep, I don't have it near me. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of fun to wind it. It's a lot of fun yeah. to look at it behind because it's uh, an open case back. 
beautiful watch. Honestly, a strap wears it really well. Yeah. Perfect one watch also because it's a hundred meter water resistance, yep. so you don't really need to watch. I no, mean, obviously, you yeah. might damage the 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 leather strap, but it's it's a it's a perfect perfect watch. Yeah, this is my this is my perf- like right now uh, my scratch for like uh, owning a dress watch pretty yep. much because yeah, it kind of feels it. like yeah, a dress does, watch. Yeah. <coughs> my yeah. Stova does that. My marine yeah, chronometer. Yeah. I put it on a black crocodile strap that has the deploying clasp. Fucking dressy watch, yeah. polished kit. And like beside your Stova and this Laco, I think the only step after that is like an IWC. <laughs> well, no, but mine's a marine <laughs> yeah. chronometer. His a pilot, right? You can get to Ulysse Nardin for marine chronometers. Those are the the big uh, the big uh, Kahuna's there. And then pilots, yeah, I get, you're getting into if, the yeah. into the IWCs now, yeah. I'm probably going to have a, another pilot, but the next pilot I'm going to get, I'm not going to. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Get I'm not going to shift in parallel. Like I'm not. I'm going to. I'm not going to sidestep. I'm going to go yeah. up. I'm going to go to IWC. IWC for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I prefer. I, I gotta see them in person because the I love the black dial, but I oh, do I love the Petit Prince. Yeah, me too. I love the yeah. blue. The, that blue, I think, is the most beautiful blue on any watch. Do they make a Spitfire Petit Prince? No, yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. No. Spitfire, I mean, there was another one. Uh, it's, it's, it's the poor well, man. I saw, your, spit, I saw your Spitfire there. It was less than five grand online. Huh? I saw that uh, Chrono 24, yeah. Man. I've never seen them under yeah. five. I always seen them around five. Yeah, about like, five, yeah. It was about five, yeah. I would, uh, I want that Spitfire too. Yeah. All right. Because like, there's six new, right? And IWC don't hold much their value. <laughs> Uh, it depends which ones, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But like, I don't want a perpetual calendar like a uh, big pilot. Like, <laughs> why not? Well, I want it, but I can't. <laughs> not now. I'll uh, sell all my watches, two kidneys, and get, yeah. get it. <laughs> If you sell two kidneys, you won't be able to survive. So I'll have watches. a big pilot. Sell one. <laughs> okay. Start. Start with I can, one. I can sell two and keep one. Unless okay. they're not yours. They're not even moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So. You're going to host because you did the least picks again? Let cool. Me, uh, I have a question for you then if I'm hosting. Let me okay. go first then. I'm, I'm hosting? I choose to go first. Does <laughs> <laughs> um, like endorsement from celebrities or athletes uh, influence your choices in the watch? Or either like make you look into them or even buy one? Right. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, like, Are you going to answer asking it? Yeah. Cool. It's okay. important <laughs> to ask good questions. Because <laughs> yeah. our country is all about asking and Perfect. freedom of choice. And so I really on, appreciate on, the question. On that note, Roll the credits. I'll answer, uh, no. I've never, like I'll give you an idea. I watch a lot of basketball. They're sponsoring, they're sponsored by Tissot. They have a lot of commercials with them. Never been a... I watch a lot of tennis and there's always Rolex commercials, uh, the history and they show Federer and they show... Do they need to do commercials for Rolexes? And, they do. And, and they do. just to add... They're like, humbled and they always have those... Be- and the beautiful commercials. Speaking of tennis, I was, looking at, I was looking at Djokovic who is like probably the most impressive tennis player of all time, right? He's yeah. becoming one. Yeah. He's sponsoring Seiko Astron. I have no interest in talking about Seiko yeah. Astron. He not, and now he wears... Hublot. <laughs> He's now their main sponsor, but... Does it make a difference? Not to me. It never does. Okay. It, it, you, it does. It gives me more leverage. No. Leverage. <laughs> gives you more leverage. Uh, no. Um, it depending on the brand, depending on, and this is what I'm going to get into now. Uh, the relationship that the celebrity has with the watch, I might find, I might then give more credit to the celebrity. And a good example of that is that if you listen to our episode, I'm not sure the number, but the one that we talk about. Um, celebrities that are watch fanatics i talk about cyclops uh marston 
James Marston. Marston, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. From and West how World. this guy is a big IWC guy. His most expensive watch is a Rolex Cellini, which is. The, but he also has. He wears a Mark 18. He wears a, an IWC Portuguese. He wears that, and because he loves the brand, his relationship yeah. with him. When he talks about that brand, you go. You got to give you points for that. So on that front, is but it an ambassador of that brand? No, he just loves so, that. Which is actually you know? a good point, also, because yeah. when I was searching to pick a, a celebrity ambassador or endorser, I um, I wanted to talk about Ed Sheeran because Ed Sheeran has a crazy watch collection. He's not an ambassador; he just but wears he's not an all ambassador the good to anything. Yeah. But 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 why I respect his collection is because he owns like the most expensive, not necessarily expensive, but the most oh, unique, unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also owns the classic. Um, uh, Komandirsky, the one that uh, Gagarin wore yeah, to, yeah, to, to space, yeah, yeah. the ugly one, yeah. which costs not much, which is nothing. <laughs> but like that's, that the description of that watch is the ugly one. Yeah, because it has like yeah, the, the crazy chemical the green, like with yeah, yeah, yeah. I even tried of, to look at the other one that has a. It's like hand soap. Like, there's that weird, horrible dial. Um, the original one is a brown. It's like no, it's like green. It's green. like hand soap green. Like it's terrible. But there's another color dial Irish that, that looks a little bit yeah. better. There's another color dial that looks a little bit better, but even then, those numbers. <laughs> but you you buy that when you're like a crazy connoisseur, right? Yeah. It's not something that anybody or, would ever recognize. Or, or, just, or just just crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he also has like crazy Patek world timers, and it's no, it's he has very unique watches. Yeah. Kevin Hart as well, like and or Clapton. Clapton is like. Is it because crazy. they can get them? Because like you no, want no, no, it, no. But there's a the difference. Money. No, that's definitely can, a factor. You, right. you can go get a Rainbow Daytona that's five hundred thousand dollars. And that's be like because I can get it. But then yeah. the other one, but some of them, they're like, oh, this is a subdued. They made 23 of this watch. And they're not very blingy. I'm not saying bling. I'm just yeah. saying that Ed Sheeran walks into the Patek factory and said, so what can I get? And it was like, well, yeah, but, there's but, those 10 watches. This one, there's only 25 of them. I'll get this one. No, I don't think it's like that either. Too, right? it's not, yeah, uh, I don't think it's okay. like that either. Like when you look at like Clapton, there was only 13 of a specific Patek that wasn't very... Well, Clapton and he's like, was young when like watches were cheap. So, <laughs> But but, he, <laughs> but he, knew, but he knew what he was shopping for. There's a lot yeah. of rich people that have terrible tastes. Like, let's be honest here, right? Like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, God damn it. He's the worst. But, but like... I feel like Hodinki should do a uh, talking watches with him because he has a similar style as uh, Joe Mayer because Joe Mayer goes for like the crazy unique watches, right? And really, all really of the Daytonas. And all of the Rolexes. <laughs> but you see the stuff he was pulling out? Daytonas. He had, a, that, he had like a Comex 80. He had like all the big pilots. He goes like a this reference and that. Re and when you see it, you go, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's just, they're not the most flashy. And he goes, oh, but this one, the feeling it gave me when I was on tour doing it. Like, that's a yeah. fucking good story. Yeah. The other one goes, and then Robert Downey Jr. goes, this was gifted to me by this. Because it's very flashy. It's very flashy. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a lot of money. And then I went, Bleh. and then I, and you're like, <sighs> what is this GQ? Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like, exactly. I, yeah. So, no, it doesn't Lost influence some, uh, me for wanting to buy okay. a watch. It, uh, may, it may actually... It may actually uh, repulse you. Repulse me. I don't like the Tudor when I'm looking at Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, all there with her fucking shirt half off. I'm just like, he goes and he goes, yuck. I go, what the because fuck? Because they is? have to pick their endorsements properly. Right but why do they have to promote it like that too? Federer was perfect because this guy dressed up. He was like the perfect Rolex ambassador. But I couldn't stand seeing Lady Gaga and uh, who's the other one? Beckham? Beckham's okay. I, I think he's done a great job with but Tudor. Also, like his shirt's half open. <laughs> but, but also that that says a little bit about Tudor, and it may mm -hmm. it may turn me off a little bit to Tudor yeah. because of the watch celebrity. And then yeah. some people I go, why are you why are you putting this person's celebrity right? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, endorsed by Marie National, so you know, yeah, balance things out. But those, those collaborations, <laughs> those collaborations, actually, uh, I find that more interesting. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that's, that's okay. My, so okay. that's my answer to that question. But let Dima answer too. Okay, but well, second 
level to that question and you can answer both at the same time. Well, we kind of answered the first one. I already answered, but I'll start answering the second one, whatever cool. it is. If it doesn't influence you to um, like buy a watch or do those things, does it influence you enough to go look into those ads, those watches that promote? It depends. Right? Let, let's say, um, I, I w- today I'm going to talk, one of, uh, of my pick is uh, Ryan Gosling and he's a tag am- ambassador. Dreamy. <laughs> Ooh, oh yes and uh <laughs> and like the, the tags that he's promoting i'll what, <laughs> so hard i'm, I'm gonna come so hard my pens are gonna explode you're, you're panting <laughs> uh that what the, the watches that he promote i would never have looked into them before him promoting he has an it. interesting collection because we did a yeah. celebrity watch collection that i talked about ryan gosling before he has a very interesting, specifically vintage watch collection, right? He yeah. was like and really, and really I'll, cool I'll explain why uh, in, a, in, in a talk with Tag, explain why his fashion is like this. Very interesting. And uh, um, the one thing that I, I'll be honest, when I just started to get into watch into watches in general, the one brand, and this is going to be the first one that I'm going to talk about, the one brand that I really like didn't care about was Richard Mille. But the more I read about it, the more I'm falling in love. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's okay. It's okay. They are just—they're so audacious in what they do. Richard Mille, I'm talking Richard about. Mille. I'm f- like gradually, like really starting yeah. to really, really appreciate and love what they do. The museum pieces. It's it's unreal because what they stand for is 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 technology and cre- creative materials and it's just something that, museum pieces, that wasn't yeah, done yeah, before yeah. but like that look at pure can you art tell form. me like five years ago when you're getting to watches if i'd shown him a constant heat shaken he would have been like this is fucking yeah. bullshit no but even and if you like, showed oh, me this a, is so cool now i want one i'm like yes even <laughs> if you show me a, a richard yeah, mill like five years yeah. ago I'm like what the fuck is that yeah well, but, let's go with a richard mill is if we can sell all our watches you both sell your houses and we can get one. Yeah. I got to get to wear it all the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> but to answer your question, because and it, oh, you're done? You finished What that? was the question? <laughs> no, about the... the um, if it make you like interested enough to go look into, look into di- it. it. Yes. Yeah. So, but this is always a, uh, this is a, always like a, a bottomless pit, let's say, because once you... St- open that door yeah. and you start researching any watch brand I find any watch brand that has any history mm. micro brands even sometimes yeah. uh, that I fall into that like you know when we did the micro brand episode uh, any single watch brand that I start researching about I'm like fuck there's so much interesting stuff that happened to them because every single watch brand that we look at has existed for over a hundred years over that like to survive that long any as a, as a company you, the, you must have had you must have had really crazy obstacles you must have had to jump through certain hoops on the way to, to be to be able to survive right and like it's fascinating to see the history of the brands some like some decisions that became fortunate decisions that allowed them to survive you know like a lot of brands survived because of one watch right that's what made them survive the, the quartz crisis for example so uh, whenever i look at the let's say an advertisement for a specific watch and i and this is going to be another example today when i'm going to be talking about it like it doesn't really interest me when I look at it at first but then I start reading about it I'm like oh fuck this is actually cool yeah there's a story behind it yeah. but there's not always necessarily a very important connection to the specific celebrity like you were mentioning Beckham right with the, the tutor maybe he doesn't fit the, the, the Marine National style but it's a connection that allows you to open the door and read about the Marine National and the watch and like you know I read more about the Marine National as well I think the, he's been a great ambassador to to, to tutor right, in general right yeah. yeah so the answer is probably yes it does make me kind of research more it, it catches my attention enough if it does then I will go research and if I do then I'll obviously find something you know I become comfortable enough with watches 
that I sometimes see, I go, I'll go, huh, really, that person? <laughs> I go, they don't fit that brand. Um, and I think I become uh, fairly knowledgeable enough that there hasn't been um, a brand I didn't know when they get endorsed. You know, some right. people go, I'm going to go discover that. I never knew that Ryan Reynolds wore Piaget. What's Piaget? Yeah. And then like, me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but at this point, I don't at think there point, are brands. There's, I, mean, I don't like, think there are brands. Oh, my God, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Maybe like but a micro maybe, brand from like Europe somewhere where maybe. Maybe like a micro German, brand. Yeah, My list was one that I discovered recently, but. Like Ophion, for example, right? Yeah. I, I've never heard of them before you started mentioning them. Exactly. But like, now I do. But Ryan Reynolds is not wearing that. But the point is, um, it makes me, it, like there's, n- I don't think there's many new brands that I haven't discovered. So I kind of know, but. I definitely were discovering, <laughs> but you know what I do happen to do, Carl is uh, uh, no is um. I will, like I said, look and say, do I think that celebrity fits that collection? Because I think I I, I can mm. make I can really that person. And then the other one, uh, the other thing that I also do makes me wonder, why did the celebrity choose that specific brand? Ooh, I know that I know, I, I can answer that. Yeah, money, money, <laughs> <laughs> but. It's not always money. And I think that's something I'm going to share a little bit in some of the picks that, that I chose. Money comes with it, but there are cases that... Of watches? When you're going to be presenting yours, especially your two, or at least one of your two, I think for sure, there were definitely options. It's not like, okay, who will endorse me? Everyone wants to. DiCaprio liked... Ta- I don't know what he got with Tag. I really don't know the relationship. He's not with them anymore. I think he is. I think he is still. I yeah. still think he is. I think he's been. I think he's like a, a lifetime contract with them or something. But he, like Wolf of Wall Street, he's wearing a solid gold tag Hoyer because he had yeah, to. Wolf yeah. of Wall Street is like ten years old now, right? Yeah, I know. Fuck, God damn it! Eh? <laughs> God damn. Look it up. I don't know. Anyway, so if we dive into it, uh, you start. Go for it. I'll um, start. I'll start. So, kay. and I think it feeds into what that was. I went with Brad Pitt. Mm. Brad Pitt is a is a ambassador now to Breitling with uh, Kylo Ren and Adam uh, Driver Monster uh, the girl from Monster Charlize uh, Theron. Theron yeah, yeah. so <laughs> with Kylo Ren and Monster <laughs> so, yeah. Adam Driver and Charlize Theron <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so j- just to to go back quickly to DiCaprio he's not with Tag anymore oh no Patrick oh. Dempsey is oh no and oh, for the right reasons dreamy, dreamy. Yes. and for the right fucking reasons and that's why Naomi Osaka yeah right? Tommy Fleetwood Petra Vita golfer. I don't know this. Uh, Kyleni tennis. <laughs> Maya Gabera swimming. Are those just <laughs> names? Words? Yeah, there are names. <laughs> Good for you, Dima. You're learning. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm still learning. This is my second language. So. Alex Rossi? No. Jean Eric Vernet? No. Oh, I know who Alex Rossi is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Na- NASCAR and yeah. Indy. Okay. So, yeah, you were saying that. Um, so, one or two. <laughs> so, what's very important is that er- I think. There's no need to introduce everyone. Love oneself. That's what everyone knows who Brad Pitt is. He's known for many different movies, such as Fight Club, Glorious Bastards, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Ocean's Eleven. So, what interested me when I was looking up his endorsement of Breitling is that it turns out from my from what I was researching, Pitt actually seems to be an avid watch collector. He has many Rolexes. He even had a limited edition. I know, Carl, you're gonna love this. Cartier tank guichet, which is this. It's interesting. It's very interesting because you're looking at that jump hour hand, right? Yeah. So uh, it was it was a it was a a gold Cartier tank guichet, 
uh, a unique timepiece that was made in 1928, limited to only 100 pieces. That's a connoisseur's watch. He's been seen wearing Rolexes. And uh, in 2019, he signed with Breitling. And now it's been pretty hard. You can't pretty much find any picture with Brad Pitt now without wearing a Breitling. And just recently in the last few, uh, in the last US Open, he was sitting there with Bradley Cooper and he was wearing a beautiful super uh, Chronomat B0144. Also so dreamy. I was watching a, a, a there was a, like a round table with Breitling and uh, Brad Pitt was there and a few things I thought were very interesting. Turns out he didn't want to speak to anyone that wasn't a watch journalist. He only wanted to speak to watch journalists while he was there while he was talking about watches. Um, and what he was talking about was how he actually, in most of his movies, doesn't wear the watches that are given to him by the prop master and he ends up buying a watch for what that character would probably wear because he's that much of a watch geek. I didn't know that. And that's the type of dedication that he has to say, I need to make sure that the watch fits perfectly. Kind of like when Aldous he Hodges... He fucked up with the Once Upon a Time then. The, the date was wrong. Dates and were. I don't know if he picked that little um, that bullhead chronograph on the bun strap that he wore in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That maybe that was Tarantino. But that's interesting because now I want to watch his movies where he wears watches and see what he's wearing in different movies. Cielo, Tierra, Cielo, Mare. He was wearing right, right, Zombie, and uh, World, you know, World War Z. That's a very connoisseur thing. It's very under the radar. He could have just worn another Hamilton like every yeah, other yeah. That's actor interesting does. To, it's interesting to learn, yeah. So Breitling CEO George, George Kern uh, was very happy to bring, obviously, someone at the caliber of Brad Pitt to be someone uh, as an ambassador to his uh, brand. But what's interesting there is, is Breitling still is one of the biggest luxury watch manufacturers and has done incredibly well in the United States, which is his biggest market, and doing really well out in Asia as well. And Brad Pitt... The reason why, apparently, what he has shared, he loves Breitling for what they stand for in terms of, to him, he finds them as their beautiful machines. They were, they're, it's a brand that embodies these, these machines. Interesting concepts, things like pilot's watches, the, the functionality that lies behind the watch. And Brad Pitt, even when you look at him, I think nowadays, he doesn't, he's not the very flashy guy, right? He, he, he comes down to the fact, he's like a little bit more subdued. Um, and his first Breitling watch that he really, really fell in love with was uh, the Breitling, the original emergency watch. So if people don't know, the Breitling, Breitling emergency, emergency is an insane device that actually has a beacon that if you have to unscrew a cap and press it, and you can use you said it bacon? once. What? You said bacon? A beacon? I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. It's funny. That's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> good for okay, you. Okay. We're, we're laughing out loud. Bless, bless your heart. Don't give up. Bless your heart. <laughs> um, good for you. Um, so the Breitling emergency, he, it was his, he, when he discovered it, he thought it was like super cool and he ended up buying one for himself and many of the people in the crew that he was working on this, because he thought it was just such a fucking awesome watch that you could just it's call a really it. a huge fine for accidentally activating the beacon. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you have to unscrew a cap. There's like this whole thing behind it. Yeah. <laughs> so go, oh no, I activated. Like, and I know I don't want to pay this. Stab your friend and go, okay. No, and I know that you <laughs> probably like this. I was reading that apparently he's a big gearhead as well. Big fan of MotoGP. Interesting. Yeah, he's a big Patrick Dempsey is also a huge gearhead, right? Yeah. And the watch. Uh, well, he's a motorcycle kind of, guy, apparently, yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. like, what's insane with uh, Patrick Dempsey, the only reason he went into acting as an interview with him is to make free money. Car. Company car. No, it was to make a <laughs> lot of money quickly to have his own race team. Ah. And Proton Racing, one of the most successful uh, 24 Le Mans winners in the last like two decades, is his team. 
And, and he he drives, right, as part of the team? Not anymore? No, he used to drive, but now he's just like a team manager, like uh, Toto Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Who he was a, also awesome. Yes. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> Married a race car driver, yeah. So Pitt, Pitt, Pitt um, big fan of MotoGP. I think it really aligns well with Breitling. And it comes down to what you were saying, Carl. We're saying, what does it mean for the brand? Breitling, let's be honest here, Brad Pitt is a big name. They picked their ambassadors really good. So. They picked their ambassadors, really, but let's really be honest here. Brad Pitt could probably have gone to any watch brand and say, hey, would you, would you want me as a sponsor? Yes, we would, right? But mm. he went with Breitling, and maybe Breitling is... As, <laughs> look, <laughs> Breitling is a brand that everyone knows, has some incredible history, some iconic watches. But for a while... Hey, it went through a rough patch, especially watch connoisseurs, right? They're big sellers, but people are like, your watches are insane, right? Breitling recently, I think, uh, has, is, is taking a turn for the better. The collections, the chronomat that they're delivering, the premier chronograph, the cadet, uh, whatever you call it, not the cadet, what was it that you presented oh, from God. Geneva days that you like, those little uh, chronographs. You give me the name in a second. I think they were the yep. cadet. Uh, top time chronograph. Top time, sorry. Cadets are their own. Oh, I even made the mistake in the last podcast. They're the old chronographs from the eighties. But Breitling is actually taking a turn for the better. I don't think it's because of Brad Pitt. Let's be honest here. However, <laughs> I do think that Breitling is doing a wonderful job in the last couple of years. Such a good brand. But what it stands for for the innovation, the gearness behind it, the precision in terms of what it's making. Let's be honest here. They're making purposeful watches. They make a Super Hurricane Avenger fucking 46 millimeter chronograph with 500 meter water resistance. You're like, it's 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 tougher than my docs are probably. I haven't, like, you know, I'm specifically we need to That's see. That's the next Versus, right? No, the next Versus, yeah. <laughs> uh, except there'll be guns involved. We'll shoot out and see who survives. <laughs> but uh, I have to say it's really nice thing. So so when you ask that question at the beginning, does it make a difference? Do I like Breitling more because of Brad Pitt? No. Do I like Brad Pitt more because of his relationship with Breitling and what he, what I discovered through this? Yes. Yeah, because you find something that you connect with him is that the share of love for watches. It's more than just it uh, gives you more money. Money. Yeah. But it is kind of important. <laughs> money in general. It is. It's, it is. It is for sure. Um, Thank you, Confucius. <laughs> um, Better yeah, to no, cry I, I, in a Mercedes I, I, than at a bus stop. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know Brad, that Brad Pitt has that uh, ad that ooh, still has that relationship with watches. I knew he was kind of um, well, not like an uh, let's say aficionados with like the watches well, that can have much, in his yeah. movies, but yeah. not uh, that that much. It would be interesting yeah, to see not. like in other movies what kind of watches does he wear if he's a watch uh, enthusiast. I would, I would. I'm love, sure, I'm assuming I would, it's always something interesting. Yeah, I would love to see in the ocean uh, watches eleven. Yeah, well, 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 like, eleven, like, twelve, thirteen. Or if you ever notice, what's the interesting about Brad Pitt in those movies? Right, what's Brad Pitt doing in every scene? You guys notice uh, acting? No. Oh, you didn't notice in Talking? the ocean movies. He's he's eating in every scene. Oh right? yeah, no. He's I, eating I, in every I, scene. I don't think I've seen actually a, a full movie. Of, what uh, from that series? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. They're really good movie. It's Steven even, Soderbergh. Even yeah. even when they're heisting, 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 heisting. What are they icing? Heisting. It's an ice, right? They it's an heist. ice. An ice. Right? Yes. 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 No, so he's uh, always right. eating. <laughs> so uh, Dima, you're uh, so my turn. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, what we started with uh, when I mentioned the F1 and Richard Mille. Uh, it's the watch brand that I, when I just started my watch enthusiasm, I kind of really didn't like. And now the more I know about it, I'm like, fuck, this is their art. This is, this is what like a museum piece, like you were saying, is when it comes to watches. And it's not, they're not saving 
they're not cutting costs anywhere. They're just going all out on every single aspect of designing of that watch, right? Of any watch that they make. And that I, I have a lot of respect for. So uh, the person I'm talking about is uh, an XF1 driver, Roman, uh, Roman Grosjean, who mm-hmm. just retired last year in 2020. He was in F1 from in 2009 and then uh, for one year and then he came back in 2012 and stayed from 2012 to 2020. So for eight years, he was in there. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's put switched. up with him for the last few years. <laughs> Sorry, F1 has put up with him for eight years. Yeah. He's a Swiss uh, French uh, racing driver, born in 1986. Uh, he, in in those eight years, he can he uh, was in eight, 180 entries and and 10 podiums in his career. Never won a race. He's not necessarily he's not necessarily the most successful driver by any means, but he's definitely an interesting character and with many names uh, with many memes surrounding his name. Uh, for some reason. Uh, especially later in his career, his driving is always associated with like terrible driving, right? Every time, every Crushes. time at the beginning of a race, o- always uh, you wait, always you always wait for Roman Grosjean to crash on the first turn. The first turn, yeah. Um, oh my God, <laughs> what you were known for? Not being good. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, he's still top twenty racing drivers in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's hard know, to say you're not good. Yeah, but that's always this, like. Has always placed a discussion because there's other people in F1 they're there because of family money. Sure, right. Sure. So I always like to say top 100 because there are some people that even then you are like mm. the cream of the crop. It's it's just you are the best of the best. You doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's also what he's known for. There's the people who just like look Alex Albon, talent or whatever. They it is. come like, and go, won, right? right? But like it's because he used to crash all the time. But he's also <laughs> like, he's also fucking up the car. He, he's and also crashing into his teammate, whatever that guy they were fighting all the time. Uh. He's also managed to re- to stay in the in F one for like nine years overall. Right? No, he's in F two. No, no, he's not. So no, no, he went to E. Indy Grand Prix. Yeah, I was like, watching. Like Indy yeah. is a sidestep. Yeah. F two is a downgrade. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. F two is a downgrade. He didn't go. Yeah, it's true. He didn't go to. Uh, so uh, Giovinazzi is going to E Formula E racing as of next year because yeah. he's he lost his seat. He just signed a Chinese guy. Uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> wow. He's Chinese? I mean, that's yes, true, but, but, but Bruce Lee is dead. <sighs> Fine. One that's alive. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, and, but Roman Grosjean went to IndyCar. And yeah. now he's, he's average in there also. He's not the worst, but he's average. Yeah. But this yeah. show is about the quality of the driver going to a different type of racing and mm-hmm. still being competitive, right? Yeah. And also being like, I'm surprised. I thought six. he'd be winning a lot more in, like, because he was in F1. And but it's very different, though. India. F1 is complicated, but it's not necessarily. It's different. It's not yeah, necessarily no, more complicated really than anything else. I think with, with motorsport, when you start to like really be interested in uh, a specific motorsport, being like Le Mans, Indy, NASCAR, F1, all of them are so complex like for their own reason. Uh, it's really interesting, right? Uh, the only one that really did well from F1 to um, NASCAR was uh, Ron Pablo Montoya. Okay. That did really, really well in NASCAR. Mm. But even there, like it's difficult. NASCAR it doesn't look like it, but it's not a hard. Uh, it's not an easy motorsport. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Yeah, so and you have to be sitting in this chair and just holding the wheel at the specific angle for like three uh, hours. That's, that's what every everyone thinks. But uh, yeah, I know, chicken I know. bakes. But uh, <laughs> chicken bake. Maybe yeah, you have to be like this to a wall, like one inch from the wall, one inch from the car in front of you. With your now you see me. Now you don't. Yeah, and like you're at 380 <laughs> kilometers an hour. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll lose a lot of weight. I uh, went to um to a NASCAR event once. Uh, and they go so fucking fast. The track like it elevates, right? Yeah. But then, like when you're there and you see, it's like, yeah, yeah. like just, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> when they get to an accident, of course they fly, oh, flip it around the air. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm upside down. <laughs> like I feel like every time because the car is all like 
plastic or whatever, right? Yeah. It's fake, right? It's made to but like launch. it's made to just dis- disintegrate. Yeah. When Maybe they get the into cage. an accident, they have a roll cage, but everything all that's left after an accident the is just cage. the roll cage yeah. and the guy sitting in the cage <laughs> is like, oh it did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. No more cars, just the cage. Yeah, but at that speed it's insane. Uh so Richard is uh is punctering in a way uh Romain Grosjean didn't know. So uh Roman Grosjean has a has his own personal page on Richard Mille's website. Damn, uh, so, a website. so just continuing about uh, Roman Grosjean first. In 2020, in the last race of his F1 career in Bahrain, Roman lost control on the first lap of the race and hit a barrier at a super high speed, splitting the car in half. The reason it split in half is because it went onto the side, into the into the fence on the side. The impact was so strong that it separated the car into two, rupturing the uh, gas tank, in instantly igniting it. With the only reason he surviving by hitting the fence was the halo, but then the car got ignited and engulfed in fire, and he spent something like 10, 15 seconds just being in the fire. Yeah. And then miraculously, he was he managed to get out of the car, walk away, and got away with minor burns on his knee and his and just his hands. That's it. Yeah, I remember he showed up with the bandages after he was like. But it was oh. minor burns. Apparently, yeah. it wasn't very anything serious. Um. And that was a that was a culmination of his career. He retired uh, after that because I mean he was retiring at the end of the season. But this was like one two races before the end. And now is, since then he's uh, racing an IndyCar. Hmm. Uh, now Richard Mille is a company itself. Richard Mille started in 2001 uh, by Dominique Gena and Richard Mille in the Brille, Switzerland. Richard Mille himself was born in 1951 in France, and he was working for multiple watch companies. So he had a lot of experience in the watch industry. He was working in the, in the watch industry since 1974, at some point working for the company called Matra, which owned brands like Yema, for example, and uh, Coupillard Yem. I'm not, uh, I'm not familiar with that brand, but that's, uh, he, they owned uh, multiple brands. And he was taking, let's say, senior VP positions at uh, those brands, uh, making decisions about the strategy, strategic decisions about the future of the companies. Uh, in 92, that company was sold to Seiko, and he left, and he left to start his own jewelry and watchmaking business at uh, Mabusin, where he worked until '98, uh, where he had disagreements and left again to start finally his own personal company, partnering with Dominique Guénard. In 2001, he started the company called Richard Mille. So he had like 30 years of experience, basically, kind of in the watchmaking industry. It wasn't new to the business. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And you know, the defining characteristic of Richard Mille watches has always been the use of innovative materials and technology. Most of them, uh, and something that is very common for most of the Richard Miller watches, is the tonneau-shaped case, like a barrel-shaped case. Uh, since 2013, Roman Grosjean became the ambassador for Richard Miller and wore a specific model, uh, actually during many races. Uh, the model is called the RM011 Red TPT Quartz, automatic flyback chronograph. And uh, he wore it during 39 Grand Prix races. Which is crazy because usually they don't wear uh, watches anymore, right? Right. They, they technically can't. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe maybe when they mentioned wear well, like, during the Grand Prix is yeah, maybe I, like I, I all, all of the events can. between the race. Yeah, I, I know they they can when it's on the grid when they set up the car. Right? The cars get there before the uh, drivers, right? Right. And the drivers walk. And yeah. They always have like two two people around them with an umbrella, and normally uh, uh, there's a hat. There's like. Ray bands and like a watch, right? And when they get into the car, they put it on right away. Yeah. Right. If you watch, let's say when they do like the post uh, race 
that uh, they have put on interview. right away. Yeah, you can, sometimes you can see the guys are lining up. The guy's like putting on his watch and like putting on a hat. But to they have sure to. The, the name yeah. is there. Yeah. yeah. In tennis, it's the same thing. As soon as they finish, they sit there, they start putting on their watch before they do a the interviews and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. they um, have to. Well, yeah. UFC does the same thing. This guy just got the shit beat out of him. Put a and t-shirt on. Put a, he puts a t-shirt on a cap and gives him like an energy drink and he's like standing there <laughs> <laughs> falling over. He's, he's eating a yogurt. How are you feeling? My motherfucking hair is falling off. <laughs> like, my eye's out of my socket. Where, where but I, I drink Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> and Gives you wigs. It's like you got no one motherfucking leg. <laughs> Your bone <laughs> is Gives you wings. You're missing limbs. <laughs> Your ankle is backwards. <laughs> it's actually behind you. <laughs> uh, the name of that watch, and I, I will say it again, it's it's the RM one zero eleven Red TPT Quartz Automatic Flyback. And the funny thing is that the quartz in this name of the watch doesn't stand for the movement. It's for the it's case. the material. Wow, <laughs> that's a quartz. Exactly. So not to be confused with the quartz movement, the like watch, quartz the material is made from a carbon fiber and red quartz. This material is used in manufacturing racing boat sails, as well as using in the uh, manufacturing F one uh, chassis construction and aeronautics. Museum piece. That's that watch <laughs> looks almost photoshopped because the black fibers of carbon alternate with the bright red layers of quartz. And if you Google it, you will see it looks like it's actually painted. Yeah. It looks like the um, what's his name? Remember that uh, crazy, uh, the crazy fake. Uh, it's Montrealisson. Montrealisson, right? It Ooh, looks like yes. a, it was like a three D rendering, m- a rendering of a watch. Here's um, a cat rendering. <laughs> that watch. <laughs> Uh, that watch features an automatic flyby chronograph, oversized date, uh, a month display at four o'clock, powers over fifty-five hours, delivered by a double-barrel system, wound by a, a variable geometry rotor, plates and bridges ma- machined from grade five titanium, uh, and the usual flyby chronograph with a countdown function. The case remains faithful to the Richard Mill tradition, the tonneau shape, and the th- and the twelve titanium splint screws. Limited to fifty pieces, this watch, when it was initially released, it was uh, uh, selling at about two hundred fifty k Canadian. This is what it looks Beautiful. like. And the case looks like it is photoshopped. Like it, it's like yeah. animated. Yeah, but it's not. That's it's amazing. not. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this is my intro to uh, the first person. And I, I, I kind of love... And, and Richard, sorry. And Roman Grosjean is not just the only person. The Richard Mille sponsors a lot of different yeah, warriors. I, I was about, about to talk about that. No, it's but he, yeah, I just saw it. He has his own page there. He has but his own watch. So does it's Char- the, Charles Leclerc. Yeah, it's, called the, it's called the Roman Grosjean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, does, he, he does. I was looking on the website and... It's, it's funny, right? Like when you think about sponsorship or ambassadors, it's a person, maybe it's a team, right? And uh, when you go on the Richard Mille website on their like friends and ambassadors, it's like pretty insane. It's like parkour because there's like Ramin Grosjean, there's drivers, there's Alain Prost, there's Alain Todd, and John Malkovich. Did yeah, you there, see? there's the actor, awesome. John Malkovich. But also there's like uh, Airbus corporate jets. Like the company, <laughs> Felipe Massa, who's the used to be an F one rider ride, driver for a long time too, right? Brazilian, yeah. yeah Fernando uh, Alonso, yeah. Um, like whole whole team as well, a brand like McLaren, the the brand. A lot of really famous people, yeah. Speaking, McLa- speak- but McLaren are wearing right because you have you have the McLaren for yeah. uh, science or for no for Norris. I think one of them has. Like, but they also, have, like, they also have a, There's a, a Richard Mille for Charlie Leclerc. There's a personal like yep. a Richard Mille Charlie Leclerc, and I think there was one Ricard- of them. Yeah, because yeah. they just signed with Ferrari, right? And then you had uh, Ricardo has his Richard as well. Yeah, but they also sponsor like a racetrack, like the Paul Ricard Circuit. That's for the French GP. Like they, they sponsor a building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sponsor a lot, and it's it's interesting. It's interesting. It, it, the, it's out there. Like it's like the brand, right? That uh, they go like, can we do it? Yes. But we what do can. you see that's common? It's uh, it's. I mean, a lot Sports. of people are athletes, right? And Nadal mm-hmm. also is. By the way, we have, we should have mentioned because 
Nadal actually has a big, personal yeah. Richard yeah, Mill watch. I think he's their big one. Yeah. yeah, he's been there for a long, long time, and he wears it at the, all the as he plays. And he's probably the most uh, Roberto famous Mancini, of by all, the way. He's probably one of the most famous athlete of all the ones that are there. And, and the reason I say uh, sorry, big, yeah. uh, Roberto Mancini is because Roberto Mancini, I think, is the current coach for um, the Italian national team. Yeah. Uh, in soccer, uh, the ones that just won the the Euro. Yep. And he was because uh, when you because sh- when they show the coach during the game, you see that he's always showing that he's he's, he's the guy who was wearing a watch that's more expensive than the stadium they're playing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, cool. That's cool. a that's a nice entry. Go next. Yeah, go I have less than you, so I went with huge Jackman. Uh, huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. So he is a brand ambassador for Mont Blanc, specifically for North America. Don't know why North America specifically. I didn't get into that. But isn't he Australian? <laughs> he's an internationally renowned actor. Everyone knows who he is. So he joined the Montblanc family in 2014. And he's been with the Montblanc CEO, Jérôme Lambert, for you know many of the launches that, they, that they've been you know um, coming out with. Montblanc is one of those brands that kind of is polarizing because for a while they were kind of doing some things where people were like, mm, I'm not the biggest fan of what... Um, Montblanc is doing. Um, I couldn't think of a better person to represent Montblanc than, than uh, Hugh Jackman. I think that Hugh Jackman is very diverse in his roles. He's not known for just doing action or doing comedy or doing something else like like Ryan Reynolds or or Ryan Gosling. You know, they they have a, a type I find. But like Hugh Jackman does like action movies. He's Wolverine, right? Yeah, he does. This, uh, he was nominated for the Oscar for that singing for movie, uh, Misérable. Oh, Les Misérables. Les Misérables. Uh, Golden Globe. Uh, he's. All, but the thing is, like, I was looking. He had a nominee for an Oscar, he, as well as um, Golden Globe for Best Actor. Also was nominated for the Tonys, which is um, uh, for the for uh, Broadway. And then he was also earned him a primetime Emmy uh, in two thousand five. Um, but anyway, he does like the greatest showman. He's like this all around actor and everything was really about. He's also a cool dude. Like he's just, he's not a douchebag. He doesn't get in trouble. He's just a, a really cool dude. Um, but Mont Blanc is known mostly as, as for, for, for anyone out there is they're, they're mostly known for their pens. They're mostly known for their leather products, a German company, but Tight pants. They always they've had watches, but they were always a little bit under the radar, a little underwhelming. Yeah. Their, their their designs weren't great. Uh, but lately, they've been coming back a lot, like what they were doing. Um, what's it called in um, in 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 the last release? They had they they brought back their collaboration with uh, Minerva. So I think that um, it's it's how can I say? It's a brand that people need to be giving a little bit uh, more attention. Their last CEO, um, they have a new CEO now, I'm sorry, uh, replacing their old CEO. Their old CEO that I think brought them back into the forefront of watchmaking, his name is Nicolas um, uh, Baretsky. Hold on, I'm losing my train of thought here. I'm tired, fuck. Never mind. And I think it was the start of something great now that uh, they have the arrival of their new CEO. Nicolas Baretsky, a graduate of HEC Paris Business School, had spent his entire career with Richemont Group, putting eight years in Cartier, followed by 12 at Jaget Lecoute, and then joined Montblanc. And I think that he did a good job S- when he... Small, when he, small CV. 
Yeah, when he got <laughs> when he got to Montblanc, he knew what he needed to do for watchmaking. His Montblanc was primarily focused on making pens and leather goods and other items rather than watches. Uh, so when he was appointed as global sales director for Montblanc, he was responsible for all the company's products and markets. They have 22 subsidiaries, all their distribution and their, their networks. And on April 20, in April 2017, he succeeded Jérôme Lambert who was given even a greater responsibility to Richemont Group. So Jérôme Lambert really started to set the table before Nicolas Baretsky came into play. Now, since 2020, they have this new talented designer named Laurent Decamp. And he said that, and I quote, his main objective was to develop Minerva more and more and make it famous through the focus on a specific, on a specific and key code. I found this information only twice while reading perhaps 20 books about Mont Blanc and Minerva. He's working on it. It will be coming next year. And I'm a big fan of Minerva. Uh, and he says that he'll fight for Villeret uh, 100%. He says it's such an amazing treasure. So Mont Blanc came out with those wonderful mono pusher chronographs. And those Minerva movements, that's why I always constantly bring them up, are just something to really marvel at. Hand-finished, just a level of detail that can rival any watch brand that's out there, all under $5,000. So... Hugh Jackman has become an ambassador for this brand, one that I'm very excited to see. And let's see what kind of Mont Blanc he wears in the next movie as he's playing Enzo Ferrari. An Australian dude. Yes, what? exactly. He's playing yes. Enzo Ferrari. What? Yeah. What? What? Uh, like, uh, okay, quick question. That's interesting. Is the movie about Enzo or Not is like just Ferrari. like we, we kind of see him like two, three times? I haven't seen the movie. You no, can call him because it's because it's not out yet, right? That's right. No, okay, are so they still filming it? I didn't That's understand my question. I, was like, I did it? understand your question. You said, "Does he appear in it?" And how often does he appear? Something like that. Is, is, I said, "Is the movie what about the, Enzo, or he just appear in two, three scenes?" He plays Enzo Ferrari in the next movie called. Enzo Ferrari. <laughs> okay, so it's about him. Okay, that was my question. <laughs> that movie is about Ford. <laughs> well, in Ford versus Ferrari, Enzo was there. <laughs> let me let me find out. <laughs> Huge. Jackman. I see what you. Uh, I see what you were saying. Okay, but I don't like it. <laughs> really? Hugh Jackman. Huge. Jackman. Oh my God! Yeah, that's amazing. So Michael Mann, who's one of my favorite uh, movie directors, Michael Mann did um, Heat, yeah, with the De Niro and Pacino. Anyway, the story of the Italian sports car entrepreneur Enzo Ferrari, directed by Michael Mann, starring Hugh Jackman uh -huh. as Enzo Ferrari. Enzo was an asshole. Like, By the way, if you haven't seen Heat, you have to watch it yeah, because it has one of the greatest car chases of all time. It's fucking dope. Okay. It was insane. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. no, it's cool. it's great. Car it's chases? You think cool. of Ronin, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Ronin. <laughs> cool. But sorry, because that was dope. Yeah, that was dope. The Heat Ronin, has the one with that, the gun that oh shoot out God, in the street. That <laughs> car chase was insane because it was like unreal. It wasn't like CG. It was real in the streets with like a Audi A8 or like BMW 7 Series at that time. Yeah. Man, that was cool. Yeah. Heat has a crazy the shootout in the city. That was amazing. The police come and they're like, they're stalking them and then they come out with machine guns from the bank and then they spot the police and, and then they like caliber machine guns. There's like high assault rifles in the middle of the fucking street. It's it's insane. But um, a crazy chase scene in cars, just uh, props, Matrix. Uh, oh yeah, the, the second one they loaded. The yeah. yeah, they close a the highway and no, they, they wrecked they, like a hundred cars or something. They built the highway. They built yeah. the highway. Built the highway and they destroyed like a hundred cars from GM. And like it was yeah. like a Cadillac. Yeah, it's true. Everybody has like a Cadillac CTS yeah. or like yeah. a Cadillac yeah. like Escalade. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a movie pick. called Enzo Ferrari, and he plays Enzo Ferrari. Chances are he's gonna have a big role in there, unless this movie is like about something completely different. Yeah. So, okay, um, you have. Two left. I have one left after One this. left, and you have uh, three left. But I, I'll, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll, go, I'll go next. I'll after that. I'll be me. 
There you go. My second one is going to be interesting. I'm going to be talking about Mark Ruffalo. The chips. Also, uh, Mark Ruffalo, sorry, cream and onion. Yeah. If I had a dog, <laughs> if I had a dog, I would call him Bark Ruffalo. That's but funny. You, but you have a dog. Yeah, but you have a dog, though. But he's a, he already has a name. I can't change his name. But why didn't you call him Bark Ruffalo? I didn't think about it. I called him Nacho. Nacho. Nacho, yeah. That's so Mark Ruffalo is an ambassador for uh, Frederick Constant, which I, I also this, think is a really, really good watch company, and I really like them. I don't know if I... To me, they might be like Zinn. Like, I like a lot of watches, but I, I feel like I'm, never, I'm just always sidestepping and never buying their watches. Kind of like that's how I feel about Frederick Constant. Does general. it bother you that they're, they're Swiss, but they're like owned by... By citizen group, you know it doesn't. No, okay. no, it doesn't. I mean, similar for like like Doxa has been owned is owned by uh, by some is another Chinese brand or something that owns. No, Doxa. not anymore. That not was anymore. The, that was the that was the uh, like the rumor that was out there. But I think no, no, but pe- no, there's nothing wrong with citizen group. But people go, oh yeah, Frederick Constant is just an Alpina. What I see takes uh, away from maybe because citizen money. is not about making high horology oh, no, pieces, so, right? Yeah, they have some now, but some. I think that the thing was is more like, oh no, Frederick Constant Genève, and people go, oh, but that's a Japanese owner. That's what I meant. Okay, okay. Oh, it's not quite Swiss; it's Japanese. And it's, oh, I don't know. So uh, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo <laughs> actually was uh, an ambassador, became an ambassador since 2018. Just a brief story about him. Born in 1967. He's been acting since 1990. Some of his most roles are in the movie called Zodiac, Shutter Island, Spotlight, Foxcatcher, and probably the most famous one is being the Hulk in the Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Banner. Banner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's of Italian and shout out French-Canadian ancestry. Uh, what fucking way? Yes, he is. He is, he is. He's like a quarter uh, French-Canadian. Quarter? Well, like he's, he's okay, qu- like, first question: Does he speak French? Bonjour. Uh, it's, it's unlikely. <laughs> so, despite being rich Bonjour. and successful, and uh, he wasn't always lucky. In two thousand one, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, which was benign. But uh, following the surgery that he, t- he had to do, he was paralyzed on one side of his face. Uh, that went away with time, but he still remained deaf in one ear. And in two thousand eight, his brother was killed execution style uh, with a shot to the head right outside of his brother's home in uh, Beverly Hills in uh, L.A. I never knew this, but uh, this is... Okay. God, God damn. That case is unsolved to this day. Uh, so, Frederick Stan was established in 1988 by Aleta uh, Francoise uh, and Peter Stas. Uh, they both have historically significant orological uh, ancestry. Uh, one of them being Frederick Star and the other one being something constant. Uh, uh, sorry, it's Frederick Frederick Schreiner and Constant Stars on both sides. They're a married couple. Uh, they started a watch company. They both have horological history, and the name of the company was derived from the ancestry that they have. It's the Frederick Constant. Uh, they started in, in 1988 uh, and released their first collection, launching in 1992 with six models and all featuring Swiss, Swiss movements. Ten years later, in 2002, the company was big enough to acquire Alpina, uh, which uh, uh, is a Swiss manufacturer of sports watches existing since 1883. By 2011, the company was that popular that it's been producing upwards of 120,000 watches per year. And in 2016, that was acquired by Citizen, which is which was what Citizen is owning them right now. Uh, to this day, both Aleta... Uh, Francoise and uh, Philippe Stas, they are the presidents and the CEOs of the company. That's awesome. I, since they're that young, right? At what point do they switch from being micro brand to? 
<laughs> they're huge. No, they're they're huge. They're yeah. not the micro brands. I, I know, yeah. but like if they started in 1992, you said. Uh, 92 was the first year when the large models came in the 90s as well. Are they a micro yeah. brand? Maybe independent? Probably, yeah. yeah. But then, like, the, if, if 10 years ago they were making over 100,000, 20,000 watches per year, that's mi- a lot. I know they're not micro brand, right? I know maybe it's quite of a recent term as well, uh, micro brand, but I feel like they like so new to be so big. <laughs> <clears throat> they are, yeah, but it's 30 years at, at the same time, right? Just like, just like, uh, like any single German brand. Right, because they all started after the fall of the German of the Berlin War, uh, yeah. Berlin Wall. Um, so in 2018, uh, Mark Raffel partnered with Friedrich Constang as an ambassador for a new watch, combining classic and smartwatch technology in the line called Hybrid Manufacture. I don't think that they produce that watch specifically anymore, even though it's only been three years. But I think it was significant. It has some importance in the watch industry. Why? Because there are three specific technologies that are brought together in this in this line. It's the manufacturer movement, so it's a it's the original in-house Frederick Constant movement. Yep. It's a smart watch functionality and the analytics that come with a smart watch. So comparing, let's say, com- like this is why, let's say, I'm double fisting right now because I have a sm- smart watch and I, I have a regular watch, right? But imagine, and the reason why, let's say, like I, I don't want to own an Apple Watch because Apple Watch is just purely smart watch. You have a digital yeah. display and you have all the functionalities that are amazing, especially when the, we talked about like the the medicine uh, aspect of it, yep. right? Re- reading your heart rate, potentially reading other vitals um, in the future. It's amazing. I think that's something that we should kind of invest our time and money in and this will be helpful for us. In the Biometrics. Future yeah. yeah. Um, the thing about this one is that you don't have to sacrifice the love for a manufacturer for a classical, engin- for cl- mm-hmm. classical engineering mechanical movement because this is a purely, purely classic automatic in-house movement that also has room inside the watch to 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 to, to case um, All the a smartwatch module. Okay. That smartwatch module is connected uh, with a proprietary iPhone app or a, a cell phone app that gives you all of the metrics that you want. Yeah. And you still have to you still you still have like a, an open case uh, exhibition case where you, you see the rotor and you see like the, the actual mechanical moving parts but somewhere along the way there's also the, the smartwatch capabilities that was I think that watch appears as classic and uh, uh, with time and date functions but also features a smartwatch module integrated with the phone app providing common smartwatch features why it's important is like I said is because mechanical movement as well as a smartwatch module are combined together allowing you to not sacrifice owning a classic timepiece for a functionality of a smartwatch right. why I think it's important is that even though maybe that specific watch does not longer exist the hybrid um What's it called? Uh, Telemetric? Uh, no, no, no. The hybrid manufacturer. That's yeah. the name that uh, Frederick Constant uses. But it opened up a whole new line of watches. And if you go to the uh, Frederick Constant website, you see a whole line of uh, smart watches that are okay. kind of like smart watches, but not too smart because yeah. they still have like a classic <laughs> look. <laughs> smart watches, uh, but kind of dumb. But I kind of feel like. <laughs> but kind of yeah. But I, I kind of feel like in general, it's an important it's an important path to take because. Like as much as I love wearing a, a like a classic watch on my wrist, right? I also have a lot of respect for where smartwatches are going in general. Maybe 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 watch wearing it as a watch is not the most ideal way to wear it. Maybe it could be like a patch or something, just kind of connects into you, feeds or into your body. Or they could just do like I've seen. They put like the biometric the piece on the on the strap. That and is then also you put that underneath the watch itself. Yeah, but there's also as long as it fits, right? Th- there's also Hura make ring. Ura yeah, but Hura ring, ring is not. Hura uh, ring is great. 
and athletes wear it, but it doesn't give you as much because it's too small. Yeah, but for now, right? for now, yes, for now. Right. For I, now, I, I, think, I think it's pretty advanced for what it is. So, like the size oh, it is. It's advanced for sure. And right? that's why it's very expensive because of that. It's like 600 bucks, right? US. Yeah, it's a lot. For like a smart watch, it's more expensive. More expensive than I, I know, but like for their size, the, the, that's why I see it, right? It's convenient, it elegance. Yeah, maybe. I, I would go that route before yes. going back to double I, fisting. I agree. Uh, but that's me. But to be honest though, because the ring doesn't give you... O-ring doesn't give you a heart rate, and this one, like th- this one, is a fraction of a price, and it gives you a heart rate, which is, I think, a very important I uh, piece. Oh, yeah, I, I think it, it, it doesn't give you an instantaneous not, not, heart rate. Not, not instantaneous, but like average, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, average. But like, it doesn't like resting and like during effort, like average. Uh, yeah, something yeah, all yeah, those yeah. lines. It right? gives you an average, yeah, but it doesn't give you instantaneous. Because no, no, I know. Instantaneous heart rate is a thing that can save your life if something happens, and you know, like uh, a friend of mine <laughs> also do this. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. but uh, like. If you have like a crazy rush, <laughs> you just just go like this. I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> but but oh been, shit, I'm dying. There's been there's been cases. There's been case. There's been an actual uh, yeah. case where an Apple Watch saved someone's life because that person but passed out and they they yeah. called the nine one one. Yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. the but call like that helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, but yeah. the watch recognized that there was something wrong and yeah. called the nine one one right yeah. like automatically, which is an excellent thing. You know, I know, I know. Can save a life for somebody who lives alone. Y- yeah. So calm um, down. Like, do you sell these things? Why are you getting so bad? Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> buy, buy them. I'm buying you this for Christmas. You're gonna wear it all the time. I swear to God. <laughs> okay, okay. I know now. where you live. <laughs> exactly. I want to see the stats every day. <laughs> Here, Nacho, put this uh, on. So yeah, <laughs> that's my second pick. Ready today. <laughs> that's my second pick, and uh, Carlito. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, have two. Uh, we'll have to uh, zip zip them out, zip them in. Uh, we're running kind of. Uh, a longer side on this episode so the first one uh it's my shorter one since i know dima went a bit over his personal collection it's ryan goslin mm. so it's quite recent as well right i think it's like month back couple weeks back uh that it was announced as being a new ambassador for uh for tag i thought you meant like we did the episodes like that was a while ago no man. no not the epi- no yeah. ryan goslin being a new ambassador for uh yeah for it's, it's been within the last couple of months yeah, and, sure. and he's known to be um mr no social media at all as well Oh yeah, is he? Yeah, it's nothing. Like he has nothing. No Twitter, no, no Facebook, no Instagram, no. Spend all his money and watches can't afford a computer. P- pretty much. Uh, and I, I thought it was kind of funny as well that having someone will not be able to use their like fan base directly to promote something, right? Like right. I'm pretty sure Beckham and like Lady Gaga use their Instagram to promote Twitter once in a while, right? It's part right. of the contract or something. So Tag went and picked up Ryan Gosling and. What they had from that contract is pretty much him showing up on the stage and talking about his watch interest and why mm-hmm. he's, and something I, I took a note is how he's why he's buying some watches. It's like his thought process. And he picked out well, he picked out. That's another thing. I don't know. They launched a new line and on the website it's promoted as watch pick from Ryan Goslin. No, oh, that's a promo <laughs> promo. <laughs> um so Ryan Gosling, when he went on stage to announce he was a new ambassador for TAG, they did a quick interview with the CEO and uh, Ryan Gosling told uh, that he generally responds to simple designs. And I, I think you can see when the uh, the watches that uh, Dima showcased in his uh, personal collection that he does have not watches that stand out too much. A lot of vintage, a lot of dress watch. Um, and the reasoning behind that is that he grew up uh, in a family that everything was on a budget. So he was always um, going. To, he was always toward, going towards timeless things. Uh, so he didn't have to keep up with trends. So it's to save money. That was his first reasoning. Going for things that are classic. I don't need to change them every year. I don't need to change them often. So it was 
studying and looking and researching on stuff that to make sure that that's that's a classic timepiece, that's a classic style of t-shirt or glasses. So when I buy them, I can keep them. So that's its whole reasoning behind his watch collection, pretty much. And with him being at Tag, um, he introduced their uh, the new 39 Carrera, pretty much, with a new color scheme being uh, the blue, the silver, the black, and the black and rose gold. Why Tag? You know, like of all the brands, anyway, yeah. I do not know. They don't say on the website that he choose tag well, over other. He must have. Yeah, he must really. Like but tag. when you look at the watch that quote unquote introduced, I feel they're really basic, straightforward. Ryan Gosling. When you look at his Patek and his Air King, and they all look like that. His Carreras, <laughs> right? Kind of. But what are the diameters? Like thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're bigger than what he what he normally wears. Yeah. But like they're no. No numbers, no abrupt numerals. It's indices on all the um, the hours. A double one at twelve and the date at six. It's automatic. It's a car on top and tag hoarder the logo, and it's a first for that line of watch. The tag hoarder is um, a watch. No <laughs> brand. It's a it's a three D logo. It's not painted. It's a like an indices, right? It's applied. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, It's a, that's a first for that line. Uh, same thing with the um, the way that they did the outer flange internally. They'd never had that design before. So right. that's, those are two new things. And they really used Ryan Gosling to push that forward, saying, oh, it's a classic style uh, from the Maison uh, back in the days. And and they really used Ryan Gosling. I just don't know how far really he was involved into that. That's the only thing I don't like with ambassadors. Like, oh, it's a, you choose that watch and launch it. Or was it that? reach out to him and here's a contract we need you to push that uh, yeah. <laughs> that that new line Energy forward drink. right yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so to go quickly over that those tags I, I pretty like them they're not they're not uh, intense they don't really go out there so it's easy to like them uh, they're affordable they're attainable yeah it's 3,400 uh, for any variant yeah. and if MSRP you, you can get much less than that yeah, yeah. and if you go for the um, black and rose gold rose gold being the indices and the, the hands uh, it's 3,600 I like that one, by the way. The black I like, with I the prefer, rose gold. I prefer that one as well. It's fun. The black with the rose gold, they do it well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those watches, 39 millimeters. Um, there's the double safety lock. They call it for the bracelet that's found on under bracelet from TAG. Uh, thickness is 11.5 millimeters. Uh, lug um, distance, they call it. 20.5 millimeters. Other, yeah, other people would call it width, but they on, call it distance. Uh, yeah, lug distance on their website. And what are reason 100 meters? Caliber 5, it's automatic. It's pretty good. 38 hours bar reserve, and it's 28,000 um, frequency. So, how much does it cost? Yeah. Uh, $3,400 Canadian. So, $3,000 more or less. Um, so, it'll get a tutor. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fancy TISO. It's yeah. like an expensive TISO. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm about to say. It, it's like right it's there. It's like Gosling. Yeah, it's right there with uh, like the. You can get a Paramatic 80 that looks like that for a lot $3,000. You get a lot, man. You get a tutor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot, but a lot. I think they were trying to go and ate some of the tutor market, I feel, with that a bit. I, I appreciate the 39mm. For me, that's Tutor's the. Tutor's killing in that market. It's yeah. uh, the perfect size. Uh, you know who hates, size? who hates Tag, specifically the Monaco? Nico. Yeah, he hates it. <laughs> I, it's, it's, he's such a polarizing guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's so, polarizing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... He's like, it's shit. It's all shit. It's, it's like, ugly. Right. It's square. It's ugly. So so yeah, Ryan Gosling with uh, with Tag. It's brand new. So it's the only... Right now, there's only one uh, press release with those watches. 
Um, I, I don't know what to think about it. To be fair, I'm still like on the fence. Is it good? Is it not? Those watches are cool, but they kind of expensive. So here's, what a, they are. here's a question for you: Would you even notice that line if it wasn't wearing Gosling? No. There you go. But like early when I was asking you those questions, for me, when I have like a, a, an athlete or an actor that I appreciate, I, I click on it and I look. Right? What, what is he promoting? Right. Yeah, for sure. There has to be and, something that catches what, your attention. Like, right? What is he promoting? And do I like more or less that actor now because of it? Right? That's what I was. That's me. Yeah, that's what But I, I, I do click on it and I go do look. Ryan Gosling is like, okay, he's a watch nerd. Yeah, but it doesn't like, make you sell. It doesn't make you like the watch more. It makes you like or watch the like the celebrity <laughs> less or more. But, but, but you yeah, know what? Like, less, it's yeah. a good point because when I was uh, doing ex the exercise to prepare for this podcast, yeah. I was like, hey, which brand do I want to talk about? And I'm like, who Who's sponsored it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And but, if it matches, if it makes yeah. sense, I'm like, okay, let's go. But you see, and I'm, I'm not talking about him today, but. Keanu Reeves and John Wick, the movie was sponsored by Caliph Booker. As opposed to John Wick, the documentary? Yeah. The movie was sponsored by Caliph Booker. And yeah. because I was on Chrono 24 and I was watching that movie at the same time, yeah. I purchased one. Yeah. 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 So it kind of worked. Yeah. I, <laughs> Wasn't you? <laughs> yeah. Caliph Booker has grown on me quite a bit also. Oh, yeah. I, I, liked, uh, I liked a few other watches. There. Yeah. So that was Ryan Gosling, a quick one, but all the next one are going to be quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm going to shorten because I have two and I'm going to go very quickly through both. Yells at one. So uh, okay, so I'll go fast. My next one is something that we mentioned in the previous uh, episode. This is going to be the collaboration with, and this is recent. It's collaboration with the uh, of the new Tudor Pelagos Marine National FXD with David Beckham. Is so, it a collaboration or it just leaked it? <laughs> uh, well, he leaked it, but he's an ambassador technically, right? Uh, okay. So earlier this year, uh, uh, Tudor partnered with the the French Navy Marine National which is one of the five military branches in France. It existed since 1624 and has an important significance in the world of horology. Initially, in the mid-50s, Tudor supplied Marine Nationale with a batch of uh, Tudor Submariner narrated 100-meter reference 7922. Uh, many modifications followed since then. Tudor continued to supply Marine Nationale with watches up to until mid-1980s. Uh, and just recently, a few weeks ago, they released a new watch, Tudor Pelagos FXD. I'll talk about it in a sec. Uh, David Beckham, who is uh, considered to be one of the most famous soccer players of all time, is uh, be become the ambassador for that specific watch, and they, they, they kind of all released them together. And Beckham accidentally leaked it uh, <laughs> on like Instagram or something. Yeah, Instagram. Uh, so he certainly he he is certainly one of the most recognized and was probably part of the progression in the early '90s of soccer players becoming superstars. Back in the day, like before the 90s, soccer players were not as big, let's say. They could walk uh, down the street and not be recognized. But in the 90s, specifically, something's happened to the world of soccer that they just became like rock stars. Yeah. Uh, and the money also followed, right? The, the salaries became ridiculous. Like right now, I think the richest sports athletes in the world are soccer players. In I, terms I, of just salary loan. Yeah, I think it's a salary, yeah. Yeah, salary loan. Because like Ronaldo makes like 75,000 euros per year, a million euros, sorry. I'm not even counting any endorsements, any sponsorships. Yeah. It's, it's it's insane. So they still think, to, honestly, they still think that uh, the basketball players of a smaller market, so they make more uh, through their endorsements. Like LeBron is right. is, is about to, is becoming a billionaire this year. Right, right. that's yeah, insane. insane. But he's player. he's like very unique. Like in soccer, it's true. You have like Ronaldo and Messi that are probably as unique as LeBron. Like yeah. they're just that crazy. Mm -hmm. But there are more crazy rich millionaires in soccer than any other sport, right? Yeah, I, I don't exactly. I don't. I don't know quite what it is. But they were showing like the top ten players. Isn't that there's no salary cap in soccer? But also, <laughs> but also, there's but the so top much ten more basketball markets. players, for example, compared to the other leagues, they were showing the NBA is the highest. They have they make seven hundred. The top ten players a year in total, it's seven hundred million dollars. 
that's like their salaries are insane. They're like making 50, 40, like 43 million a year US plus their endorsements. That's what's crazy. Soccer market is also larger than any other sports. That's right? what I'm saying. It must be, yeah. It's, it's worldwide. It's, true, yeah. it's truly worldwide. Um, But it comes out to endorsements. Like Federer never made a lot yeah. in his earnings. Yeah. He made a lot of his endorsements, right? So uh, known for his unparalleled passing and free kick ability, he's consistently ranked among the highest earning football players of all time. Uh, he's more. He's married to Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham. Yeah. Uh, I think there was Victoria Adams, I think, what her original name, last name was. There's not important. Par Spice. Uh, he reti- after retiring from the sport, uh, and he actually was one of the guys that had like the craziest stamina. He was like a natural athlete that's just kind of like Roman Hammer, like in a sense, like, or Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's like 40, he's still playing, he's still like the best, the uh, killer, yeah. highest scorer in like the Italian league. He's playing for Milan right now. Beckham was playing for so long, it, like at 35, he'll decide to he stopped playing in England, which is like maybe the most competitive league in the world in terms of athletic ability and he went to play for uh, in LA for LA Galaxy because for like of a few years. money <laughs> yeah and, and, and he's been doing he's a very successful guy he's been doing a lot of stuff outside of sport and now that he's retired he actually started a new club in Miami called Inter Miami FC and it's an MLS as of now and he's the president of that club today uh, could you retire that like no you're already past that but Sorry, at that point <laughs> you can't stop right you can't stop he's not gonna stop until he dies yeah uh, It, the watch that was released, we talked about it in the previous episode, and I, we all we all mutually agreed that we kind of fell in love gradually with this watch. Maybe our expectations were a little bit different, but then we realigned. And yeah. uh, this watch is excellent. It's a full titanium case, tool watch with, uh, uh, what's it called, permanent lugs or whatever the word you said for it. Not permanent lugs. Fixed lugs. Fixed, fixed lugs. lugs. FXD, fixed. Fixed lugs. It's $1,000 cheaper than the standard Pelagos uh, titanium, 200 meter wood resistance, bidirectional bezel, Uh, comes with, I think, with two different types of NATO, sponsored and made for Marina Sonale, who has like ridiculous urological uh, importance. This watch is a fantastic watch. I'm not sure how I feel about David Beckham uh, sponsoring it because I don't really see much of a connection here. He has nothing to do with But the, he is their the face. Yeah. But, but, but and, that's like and we're talking body. About, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and... Uh, uh, This is an interesting, interesting collaboration, and I really, really love the watch. Mm. Uh, Kevin, what I like, uh, just I want to say, what I like about um, what Beckham wears as the the tutors, he doesn't wear. It seems the mainstream when I when I've seen through it. He's often wearing the ceramic. He wears mm. the the bronze uh, or the slate. He wears the two tone chronograph on a bund. He wears the silver and gold. He wears all the ones that you wouldn't see. Uh, I guess that are the more of the like the mainstream. I don't yeah. see him often wear the the black bay. He wears a P zero one. You know, I've seen him wear that. Ooh. So I was like, but it's cool. Like he's wear he's not wearing the the mainstream one. So yeah, I give him a lot mm. of props on what he's wearing. So so for me, when he leaked it, the only thing I was like, now I need to be a, a, a ambassador so I can have like early access. Yeah, so you can leak it. <laughs> no, just, just when, when it comes out, you go look. I'm I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, having for. A I wonder if he got in any trouble. Probably not. Eh? Probably fuck not. No. They, they made a lot of <laughs> did, press. Did, did people? I am Beckham. Did, did they? Um, no, and also they didn't do like an Apple release where like we present to you. It's just like uh, release the press, right? Anyway, my last pick. I went with uh, Cartier and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, so Cartier underrated in my opinion, as they've some at times been diminished as being a jewelry company. Quickly, the history: 1847, Louis François Cartier in Paris, not Louis Cartier. 1874, Alfred Cartier, Louis, Jacques, and Pierre were the owners of the family. And in 1901, they there was this um, 
I don't even know what it is, a pilot. His name was Alberto Santos Dumont, who had this thing called a controllable balloon. <laughs> wow. Exactly. It's a balloon with a joystick. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was annoyed in, at the fact that he had to use a pocket watch. So what they did was Cartier created the first ever wristwatch, which was considered the Santos. And I guess I'll call it not the first pilot's watch. People say that, but I don't think it is. I think it's the first ever sports watch for a pilot <laughs> right? okay. this guy was floating around a balloon he goes you're a pilot relax the yes, <laughs> only thing he does is survive maybe calm down <laughs> it's like a locomotive engineer they just operate the train yeah so they called the Brazilian Forward, aviator break forward yeah. slow down they Forward. called the Brazilian aviator Albert Samos Dumont he complained of the difficulty checking his time in the pocket watch so that's why they created this this sports watch wristwatch What's interesting about Jake Gyllenhaal's relationship as the ambassador to this brand is that it seems like he's the ambassador for the Cartier Santos, specifically. Oh, right. That's the only one he wears. He doesn't wear any other Cartiers, which I liked that as well. Um, I don't know to the level of depth that Gyllenhaal knows about Cartier, but what he does know is the story through and through. He's often explained the reason why he likes uh, the Santos, what it means as the first you know, what they call it pilot's watch. And he actually has said, he goes, in the past, I had my doubts of getting involved in partnerships and selling things. And it turns out, looking at, at his profile, he doesn't sponsor many things. He doesn't get involved with many things. He doesn't get invited. He doesn't whore himself out. So he was approached by, by them and he goes, you know what? I actually liked what they were, were selling, you know? So it's a great choice. I think he fits that watch quite well. He fits that brand. He's a good looking, tall drink of water. Um, and he talks about how he's interested in artistry and the science behind the brand, and I think he picked it well. So, darn, he he's known uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for you know a lot of um, of uh, movies, of pro popular ones, Donnie Darko, Prisoners, Jarhead, End of Watch, Southpaw, Source Cold, the the Guilty, tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow, lots of Antoine Fuqua, and he's also Bubble Boy. End of Watch is one of my favorite uh, movies of his, if not a favorite of his. But that's Antoine, Antoine Fuqua. So With, uh, he's also Michael did the Guilty. Antoine Fuqua also did Jarhead. Okay. Jarhead was good. Jarhead yeah. was intense. I think it was All one of the him. movies. Yeah. And he also and Antoine Fuqua also did <laughs> Training Day. My man. <laughs> you, you just did like a, a Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> My man. You've been watching Seinfeld, eh? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So his relationship with, with Cardi is great. And I love Cartier. I think that... They're one of those brands that came out with a watch and kind of got it right on the first time. Oh, the Cartier tank, yeah. But they kind of got it right. Like their designs didn't change much over the last hundred years. And, and that's why I have like a saying, hard time with them. And it's really? kind of like, well, we got yeah. it right the first time. Look how great they are. And, uh, I, I know, it just doesn't strike any chord nah, for me. It doesn't strike a chord with you. But, but like, I understand why. I understand their, their, their significance, right? They've done such a good job at the, at the, yeah. but a lot of people I think underestimate them still. They got their jewelry companies like yeah, but you know what? They make beautiful watches too. I so, yeah. um, I gotta say though, like I love Cartier and Santos Dumont and Tank. I just consider it to be like They're one of great. the great. It's probably like aesthetically, like some of the most beautiful watches I've ever seen. They get it right the first time. It's just made. it's perfect. So that was my last pick. I went with the uh, Cartier and Jake Gyllenhaal, which I think is really cool because he sponsors that watch specifically. So to resume, the ones that I had, Brad Pitt, watch connoisseur, could have gone anywhere with Breitling. Why? And then Hugh Jackman, Montblanc's doing some really wonderful things. I think he's a pretty cool dude. I like what Montblanc's doing. I'd like to see what they evolve with that brand. And the last thing, Cartier with Jake Gyllenhaal, who sponsors specifically the Santos and not the whole line. I'm like, that's a pretty cool thing as well. Cool. I'll go with my last one before Dima. 
I'll try to wrap that wrap this pretty quickly. So Ryan Reynolds, he's not an ambassador anymore of Piaget, but used to be. <laughs> and uh, I decided to go. Did with you know that before I told you? Because I was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds of Piaget, and we talked about that. I don't think no. You and know. Piaget was I know the brand, but I literally never look into them. Like so, Cartier and Bulgari, they're kind of like jewelry jewelers, yeah. right? So for me, because they're very popular jewelers. Yes. Uh, but they didn't start that way. No, no, they didn't. Uh, so for me, uh, Goslin was looking more into the watch and why. With Ryan Reynolds, was more looking into the brand, right? Okay, right. He, he did launch a line, with, uh, launched a new line with them. Uh, it's the Polo S. There's a Polo yeah. Sport. These are the Sport Watch, but it was the Polo Light, a bit cheaper. It's their Nautilus, yeah. right? It, but, it, but the Polo S was the obtainable Polo at ten thousand dollars and up, right? Yeah. So affordable line because the polo the standard ones started at like eighteen. Yeah. <clears throat> so, twenty sixteen, um, it's the year that uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, came in business with them. Let's say and, and became an ambassador, and um, <laughs> like like uh, Kevin was saying earlier, they're uh, a watch and also a big jewelry company. Uh, huge in jewelry. Huge, huge. And when you go to the website, watches are almost a side of the jewelry. Yeah. Um, and they've been around for like a long time, 100 yes. years. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, I had the year noted, it's like eight, it's like a 1900, like 18 something. Ryan Reynolds? No, Piaget. Sure <laughs> <laughs> 1874. Ah, yeah, 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 exactly. So it's Georges-Edouard Piaget in 1874 who started the business at 19 years old in his family's farm. <laughs> In yep. Switzerland. Um, so, Georges-Edouard Piaget, uh, being 19, uh, starting business in a farm, only wanted to do high precision movement and components. And that's what uh, Piaget did all, only until 1943. So, the first thing he did when sitting down and saying, I want to do movement, is always do better than necessary. Right. That was the first thing he said. And to this day, Piaget stand by those words. They always do better than what they needed. And before the... The Octofinispo by another jewelry brand, Bulgari. They had the Altiplano, which is like in, for the thinnest movement ever we'll made. Talk about it. You'll talk about it. Yeah. So it just puts it to perspective. People are like, oh, they're they're fucking jewelry makers, Bulgari. They're jewelry makers, Piaget. Yeah, but they're holding all the fucking records for the best <laughs> movements yep. and the thinnest movements and innovation. So, so Piaget stayed um, stay a, manuf- a manufacturer of movement and components uh, all the way until uh, Timothy Piaget, so uh, George Edouard's son, in 1943 decided that the manufacturer of movement was good, but they need to step up their game and go into luxury wristwatches and pocket watches. So in 1943... The son, um, uh, Timothy, decided to register as a trademark Piaget, and they became, from that date, when we're known them for today. So in 1943, that's when they officially went for a huge business and tar- to start to do watches and jewelries. <clears throat> um, so, like you're saying, Piaget is renowned uh, for and pioneer for many invention in, in the watch industry. Uh, they won several awards, and in '57 they uh, built the Caliber 9P was the very first ultra thin watch uh, which came at two millimeters and wound two millimeters in 57 yeah it's unbelievable it's insane I didn't talk I didn't know that about them like when for me Piaget was like literally uh, a jewelry brand I never really looked into them and like it was like okay so they're they're not just doing something that's blingy they're doing something that's difficult technically <clears throat> 
1960, so three years after that, they've, they've, they developed the caliber 12P, uh, which is the world's thinnest automatic movement with a thickness of 2.3 millimeters. Uh, so it's not the tiniest watch, just the tiniest movement, automatic one, but still at 2.3 millimeters, it's like a two grain of rice top <laughs> of, of height uh, for a movement. Um, since then, since the uh, 60s when they did the, that movement, uh, they've been an active member um, in innovation and timepieces. Um, they even did um, a coin watch, cufflink uh, watches, ring watches, uh, brooch, 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 brooches, yeah. Brooches, watches, um, and even pushed even further down the jewelry uh, while doing all those things. So they did pretty much anything like a, a man can wear or a woman uh, on them as a watch. Um, so one of the emblematic models is the uh, Emperor. Uh, it was launched in 1957, um, and they they didn't change much of it until 2014. And 2014, they they launched the uh, Altiplano 900P, uh, which is uh, still all the record for the tiniest uh, mechanical watch um, as 3.65 millimeters uh, to this day. Like a whole watch, 3.5 millimeters. Yeah, the Altiplano is incredible. It's insane. <laughs> um, in 1979, they launched their... Um, <laughs> they, they launched their well, the most known uh, line, so it's the Polo line. And it quickly gained popularity. To, th to this day, the Polo line is their line that they do their most innovation and they still sell the most. It's uh, known, it's popular for being um, the blended of fashion and innovation. It's it's their Nautilus. It looks yeah. a lot like the Nautilus. It's an integrated bracelet sports watch, but it's jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. So they still push that. So now, 2016, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds came into the picture. And what they did with him was launching the Polo S line, being the affordable version of their Polo line, starting at $10,000. Um, so one of the uh, reference I have that they launched with Ryan Reynolds was the um, G0A43001. So that's the blue um, blue dial steel case that I'm showing at the, at the guys right now. It's really, a let's say, a, a classic look. It doesn't stand out too, too much. Uh, but for, for me, not knowing Piaget, I'm starting to love more and more their polo line. I've I've put on that watch. It looks so good. It would fit your wrist really well because it's not small. It's 42 yeah. millimeters. Yes. So it's not a it's not small by any means. It's like this. It's, it's like his uh, yeah. Laco at 42 millimeters. So it's not a, a tiny watch. It's but it's nice. Mm. It's a very it's well executed because as jewelers yeah. they do that well. So. Like I said, stainless steel case. Uh, the caliber is the 1110P, bar reserve 50 hours, 25 joule, 4 hertz, so 28,000 um, vibration per hour. At 42 millimeters, you seg, it's 10 uh, ATM, so 100 meters, sapphire crystal, and you can then get, have them in any color of the rainbow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Piaget is a, a watch brand that didn't have in, at, on my radar at all, and now I was like, okay, okay, I, I understand a bit better what they're doing. I'm not going to run right now and buy one, but now I'm maybe going to listen a bit more when Piaget starts uh, launch new things and uh, you know, if you want, If you want, you know, we often talk when Dimitri was presenting that Parmigiani, uh, Fleurier, Tonda, when we go, what about a luxury integrated bracelet sports watch? So at that price, that's tough to beat. 
because that is about 10,000 bucks, just like the Quartier Santos. Then you get to the GP Laureato, which is about 13,000. Then you're getting to the $20,000 range. That's a lot of watch. That's under the radar. Not everyone knows the Piaget. No. Uh, and um, maybe maybe that's what why you like it. Because yeah. people don't know it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that, that that's it for today, guys? You good? Did you have one more? Yes. You good? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no I'm no, done. No. You're done? He's all out. He's empty. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll, we'll see you next time. Ciao now. Ciao. So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us on Big Black Clock Official on Instagram or email us at bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. Send us your pictures, corrections, ideas, insults, and let us know if there are any pieces you want us to review. With, of course, the caveat that we can afford them. As always, be good to each other, eat good food, have some drinks. For those of you always watch shopping, happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we will see you next week.